2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 7. Hear then God's holy and infallible word. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day that you have made. We do indeed rejoice and are glad in it. I pray your blessing upon this brief time in your holy word, that we would profit from it and you would be glorified in its proclamation. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, as we do every Lord's Day, when we're gathered together for worship, <clears throat> we have the privilege of coming to partake of the Lord's table. Uh, this is something we should long for, uh, look forward to, and value very, 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 very highly. And I'm not suggesting you don't, but just reminding you that we should. It's one of the ways that God ministers his precious grace to us, a grace we cannot obtain for ourselves, a grace we definitely don't deserve and have never earned in the past, will not be able to earn in any near future, hence it's called grace, right? It's a gift. Uh, the text before us here, this one passage is part of a larger section in chapter 22, uh, is the words of a song uttered by David when the Lord had delivered him. Uh, as it says in the preface, verse 1, David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So the first two stanzas, two, first two stanzas uh, which include verse 7 that I read for you at the beginning, explain very matter-of-factly uh, in such simple dramatic terms, David's confidence that the Lord is the one to go to in times of trouble. And to go to him, he did, in this pleading prayer recorded as a song. Uh, I want us to view our situation similarly, not that we have similar enemies coming against us with swords and spears or any modern uh, comparable weapons, uh, but for us to think of the battle that's been spoken of by others already and to think of the remedy as the same for us. That is to pray earnestly, expectantly, confidently, joyfully, gratefully, as he ultimately did, and expectantly to see the Lord's reply. David says, just really two things in terms of his situation. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. But before he uh, makes those pleas, it's in the previous verses that he explains uh, the dire straits. When the waves of death surrounded me, and uh, sort of in a parallel construction, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. This sounds serious, right? This isn't, you know, difficulty at work or uh, somebody in my uh, family is a little bit ill. You know, these inconveniences is often we can see them. This is life or death. This was surely stated to describe very serious, very real, life-threatening foes that were coming against him. Saul was relentless, as we read the history in these books, relentless in his pursuit of David. Thought he'd call off the forces for a time, but then he's right back, right, bringing the threat of death against David. And surely then, as we come to verse 7, it is distress. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Admittedly, as I said, alluded to, by the mercies of God, we don't have a precisely similar situation. We're not fleeing from one region to the next, always with an, an army over our shoulder, wondering where we will get our next meal, wondering what the next threat of life and death will be, what the next morning will bring. We're not hiding in mountains or caves with our wives and children. 
But we do face enemies. And often, I think, uh, a more difficult enemy than we might think of in terms of uh, armies on our heel. That is, the enemy within, even more seditious, I think, often than the ones that are visible. The enemy within is the one that David ultimately fell prey to, right? Think of all his victories in battle, the Philistines, the this things, right? All these enemies that he was victorious over, and who did he fall prey to? Sorry, that was a, a bad ad lib. I apologize. Um, who did he fall prey to? He was successful against the enemies without, but he fell prey to the enemy within, his succumbing to lust and evil desires with Bathsheba, the pride that he succumbed to. So if David, of all people, succumbed to that enemy while victorious over others, we must be on our guard too. So it is with very earnest acknowledgement that we are in a similar boat as David, again, fighting against this internal enemy, that I implore us, I really just graciously remind each of us to pay attention to this prayer and make it our prayer. And so let's get to the substance of that prayer. As I said already, he called upon the Lord. He cried out to my God. Every time we have communion, we have the pastor call out to the Lord on our behalf uh, to consecrate these elements to a holy purpose. When we say amen to that prayer, we are affirming, we are agreeing, we are assenting to that prayer on our behalf. We're saying that we know it to be true and we agree. So brothers and sisters, as I'm sure we'll hear about today in the sermon on James, we must know that our prayer, the prayer we also agree to, needs to be offered in faith without doubting if we are to desire to receive benefit from the Lord. And what is the desired result of this earnest prayer, any earnest prayer, the earnest prayer in the context here for David? I see it as twofold. First, quoted, he heard my voice. He states it another way. My cry entered his ears. How sweet, precious it is to know that God hears us. These aren't words, you know, constrained by this ceiling, not bouncing off the roof, but that they go up to God. They ascend to his throne. That the God of the whole universe has his ears open and attentive to hear our prayers in time of need. Truly amazing if we pause for a moment and think about it. He's not cold to our concerns as if waiting for us to solve it ourselves. He is not dismissive of our pleas, thinking they're too small, too petty, too outside of the scope of his interest to be worthy of his attention. Uh, We don't have to bang the drums to try and get him to pay attention, as you can think of uh, cases in the historical sections of the Bible. He is hearing us, whether these pleas are small or great in human estimation. His ears are tuned, as it were, to the voice of his people. He desires to hear, and indeed, he does hear. So this, in and of itself, should strike us as incredible, that the creator and the sustainer of the whole universe hears us. Truly remarkable. He listens to our knees. So that is the first cry from David's voice, that God hear him. Second, and really no less amazing, is what follows. God answers powerfully. The earth shook and trembled, as it's recorded in verse 5. The Lord thundered from the heavens, verse 14. Over and over again, I encourage you later to read through the remainder of this prayer song. So suffice it to say, God acted. He didn't hear and sit passively by as if to say, well, you know, David's got some troops rallied around him. I think he can take care of these situations. I don't need to be bothered with this. Hardly. 
On the contrary, the Lord acted powerfully, decisively, effectively, really overwhelmingly is the language recorded here and certainly what we read in Scripture. So friends, as we come to the Lord's table today and reflect on the enemy that we face, and again, I want to emphasize the enemy within as much as the enemy without, and so the very real distresses of our personal sin, let us do as David did here and call upon the Lord in faith. Know that he hears us. Know that he will act in response to these pleas. Know that we have a merciful and faithful high priest, an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. He will hear. He will act for our good and for his glory. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, it does uh, cause us to awe when I think about it, the greatness of your being and yet your condescension to hear to us, hear us, that you desire us to pray, that you hear our praise, prayers, and that you respond to them. May we do this all with a growing faith as we see you act in our day and in our lives, that we would not grow overly confident or boastful or neglectful, but humbly seeking you in our distress, confidently knowing that you will respond for the merit of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen.